0: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our sermon text focus. Our sermon text focuses this day on uh, Jesus calling Philip and Nathaniel to be his disciples to come follow after him. But before we come to that part of the story, it's helpful to get just a little bit more context. In John chapter one, verses thirty-five through forty-two, we have recorded for us. John the baptizer seeing Jesus, raising his finger to point him out and proclaiming, Behold, the Lamb of God. Now, Two of John's disciples turn from following after John the baptizer and they begin following after Jesus. Jesus then becomes their rabbi and they his disciples. Now, Andrew is one of those who first follow and it's presumed that it's John Uh, the brother of James, who is the other unnamed disciple in the text. Andrew, we hear, goes to find his brother, Simon, and brings him back to Jesus, and Jesus transforms him and gives him a new identity. And Simon is now known as Petros, or Peter the Rock. And as we just read, the next day after that after these things took place jesus along with his disciples were his first disciples were in galilee jesus finds philip calls him to be his disciple and philip heeds the call now philip happens to be from the same city as andrew and peter which is bethsaida what happens after what happens after philip follows after jesus Well, he seeks out his brother and proclaims, "We have found him, of whom Moses and the law and the prophets also write, Jesus of Nazareth, um, son of the son of Joseph." To which Nathaniel replies, "Well, well, can anything good come out of Nazareth?" Philip invites him to find out. He says, "Come and see." Now, pause there for just a moment. Take notice of what's happening in the text. Do you see what's going on I mean, what John, the author of the Gospel, is pointing to? It starts with John, the baptizer, being convinced that Jesus is the Lamb of God. John and Andrew are then convinced by John's proclamation. They believe that the proclamation is, is right and true, and they then follow after Jesus. Andrew is moved by his conviction to find his brother, and Simon is convinced as well. The next day, Philip is convinced that Jesus is the Christ, the one whom Moses and the prophets were pointing to. Convinced of this, Philip seeks out his brother, Nathaniel, who is at first not so convinced. John, is, the author of the gospel, is pointing to this fact that men, out of their conviction, act. Well, let's look at Nathanael once again. His reply was, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Why the skepticism, Nathanael? Why were you not immediately convinced by your brother? Well, it could simply be that Nathanael knew the scriptures, that the scriptures did not say that the Messiah was to come from Nazareth. Nathaniel's reply to his brother might simply be a question concerning the scripture's witness of from where the Christ was to come. And yet Philip persists in his conviction. Come and see. Now when Nathanael is within earshot of Jesus, He overhears Jesus proclaim, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Clearly, Jesus was talking about Nathanael. Well, how do you know me? Jesus explained, While you were still under the fig tree, I saw you. Pause there for a moment as well. Now, this exchange is not Jesus simply pointing out the obvious, that that Nathanael was Jewish. Nor is it simply that Jesus saw Nathaniel sitting under a particular fig tree, taking a nap or or reading out of a scroll or something. Jesus is making a statement about Nathaniel. He is indicating that Nathaniel is in is one whom is to who is to be called an Israelite a, a child of God, part of a holy nation, a sacred people. not by what Nathaniel has done but by what Jesus, the perfect Israel, is doing. And Jesus goes on to say that he saw him sitting under the fig tree. I want you to remember the scriptures. Recall how Adam and Eve hid under the fig tree, took its leaves, and tried to cover their nakedness and shame on account of their sin so many years before. See, Jesus is declaring that from the beginning, he had seen Nathanael, even yet in his sin. And yet he was calling him to be clothed with the righteousness of Christ and to be made a true Israelite, a person belonging to God whose sin had been atoned for. Jesus was saying, I know you and I know your sin. And even still, I love you and I desire you as my own. And that is what convinced nathaniel it was jesus it was his grace his mercy and his love though he was called nathaniel had yet to see the fullness of god's grace and mercy and love i mean that would come 3 years after this event it would happen as he would see the heavens opened and the angels of god ascending and descending at the cross of Jesus, for at the cross, Jesus spread his arms wide to embrace the world with pierced hands, feet, and side, as rivers of blood and water flowed from his body to wash away sin. At the cross, the Lamb of God was slaughtered, and the sin of the world was atoned for. So, what we'll convinced these men to follow after Jesus? Well, remember your catechisms. I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gift, sanctified me, and kept me in the one true faith. As John, the baptizer, and each of the brothers spoke faithfully about Jesus, Well, the Holy Spirit was there, calling, gathering, enlightening, and convincing. The Holy Spirit was working through the faithful proclamation of each man and led their brothers to Jesus. And in Jesus, their faith was justified. They were justified, for the object of their faith was true and certain. See, the Holy Spirit always leads back to Jesus. So through the invitation of his brother and moved by the Holy Spirit, Nathaniel came to Jesus and was convinced. Do you remember when you were convinced? (laughs) Convinced that Jesus is who he said he is and that he has the power to do what he alone claims that he can do? Convinced of God's love for you? Maybe that was in Sunday school or at home in a conversation with your parents. Maybe it took place in a confirmation class or in college when you reflected on what God had done for you in in holy baptism. Perhaps even you were older still. Or maybe it was Or maybe you are still sitting where Nathaniel was, still wondering and questioning, is Jesus for real? Does anything really good come out of Nazareth? Let me be one person I hope in a long line of people who function like John the baptizer, or Philip or Andrew. Look, behold, here is Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Look at how he lives his life see that there's no sin in him at all he never had to hide because of guilt or shame see see how he loves others how he speaks the truth how he heals the sick how he feeds the hungry and in that ultimate show of love he dies in the place of others simon andrew james john philip nathaniel all who have tried in vain to cover their own guilt, shame, and sin. Oh, but it's not only for them, but for you. The Lamb of God spilled his blood for you. You who also try to cover yourself with fig leaves, you who realize that you are naked before the Lord, Christ Jesus and his righteousness covers you like a royal robe, For he died for you. And please remember, Jesus didn't just die. He rose again to to break the curse of death. The grave couldn't hold Jesus, and it will not hold you either. Christ is risen, and you too will rise. That's what your baptism means. And this is how much God loves you. Are you convinced now of his love? You know, last week, the... Uh, God's love was the theme of the sermon, rightly so. God's love is the center of our guiding statement because it's the center of our lives as followers of Jesus. We proclaim and we practice God's love. We do that with conviction and courage, and we carry it out in our households, our congregation, and beyond. I want to show you a a brief story uh, of God's love and, and conviction that happened in in my childhood, in my household, so many years ago, it was a conversation that my uncle, who was a pastor, and my aunt had with my my cousin and me. My aunt was sharing that as a young adult, she wasn't ne- necessarily convinced of God's love for her. I mean, she knew John three sixteen for God so loved the world, uh, that uh, uh, th- that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life but she confessed uh, feeling disconnected from that verse. Then she had a behold, the Lamb of God moment, when the Holy Spirit brought her to be convinced of God's love for her. She told us that my uncle invited her to substitute the word world in the verse with her name. For God so loved Jean that he gave his only son. And that was it. She was convinced. And why not? Jean is in the world, right? Well, let me tell you that, uh, that, that the same goes for you as well. Instead of world, insert your name. For God so loved that he gave his only begotten son, So that in believing in Jesus, you shall not perish, but have eternal life. The scriptures back this up. It's true. And I pray that you are convinced. I want to say just a little bit more about God's love. God's love in Christ Jesus transforms you. It takes you from being dead in your sin to being alive in Christ. He gives his love freely, not because you have done something to deserve it, His love is enduring, it lasts, it stands the test of time and and weathers all the storms of life. St. Paul proclaims this truth in the 8th chapter of his letter to the church in Rome. Listen to his proclamation. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers nor Height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Why is Paul convinced of this? Because he met Jesus. His life was transformed, and out of his conviction, St. Paul acted. He was a bold witness proclaiming and practicing God's love as he went on his missionary journeys, as he walked beside others pointing them to Jesus. Even when he was jailed for proclaiming Christ crucified and risen from the dead, he was convinced that whoever was in political power or what would happen to his body and life, he would never be separated from the love of God in Christ Jesus this was true of paul of andrew of simon james and john of philip and nathaniel and i pray the same of you and me may we be fully convinced of god's love for us by the holy spirit through the proclamation of the law the prophets the sweet gospel and the faithful witness of the saints who have gone before us in the faith and then out of our conviction, we too would act in our households, in our congregation, and beyond. Amen. May the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, which passes all understanding, guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.